Hey guys, and welcome to episode two of the podcast. Uh, sorry once again about the quality of the microphone. Uh, you'll probably hear a lot of road noises in this episode as well. Um, I have ordered a new microphone online, and it should be coming sometime this week. So hopefully next week the audio quality is a bit better. You'll probably still hear a lot of road noises with that mic, but I'm hoping that at least my voice will be clearer. Um, anyway. Uh, a lot has happened over the past week in regards to developing the game. Today I'm hoping the podcast will be a lot more cohesive and with a lot more structure. I've made some notes. Uh, last week I just like decided to make the podcast one minute before I hit record, so it was very all over the place and rambly. But today I've actually got some notes that I can refer to. Firstly, I want to talk about Discord. Uh, in last week's episode, I told you to leave comments on the YouTube video if you had any feedback or ideas or suggestions or anything. I didn't think about my Discord server for some reason, but definitely the best place that you can go if you want to get involved with making this game and give me ideas and brainstorm with me is my Discord server. So in the description of the YouTube video or in like the description of the podcast, there is a link to my Discord server. Uh, go to that link and join the Discord. It's called Fies Fam. And there's a text channel in there called Board Game where we are brainstorming ideas and um, I'm posting images of boards that I'm coming up with and spreadsheets for cards and things like that. So if you're interested in uh, watching the development of this game more closely, definitely join the Discord and get involved. Uh, I've got some special mentions today. These people have been very active in the Discord over the past week, and so I want to give a big thank you to them. Those people are Tom, Natsu, Adam, and Kirst. So guys, thank you so much for all the input you've given over the past week. I'm going to do special mentions every week, um, so if you want to get a shout out, then definitely get involved in the, in the Discord channel. Um, okay, first thing I really want to talk about is a game called last one standing so in last week's podcast i said if you know of any battle royale games please let me know and i will check them out it then occurred to me that i'd done basically no market research on this game so i looked up um, battle royale games and i only found one this game was funded on kickstarter it's called last one standing and it seems like it has a lot of similar concepts to the game i'm that to the game i'm making and like especially the initial concept of it. So this game looks basically like a Fortnite board game. You, you could call this Fortnite and I would believe that it was made by the Fortnite people. So it, it seems like it's played on a randomized board with tiles made of seven hexagons, which is exactly what I was, like one of my ideas that I mentioned last week, uh, tiles made of one hexagon in the middle with six hexagons around it which is pretty amazing that they had the exact same idea for how to construct a randomized board uh, but a lot of the concepts seem very different obviously this is not in a maze it's in like a huge open battlefield similar to other battle royale games uh, and the tiles were made of different terrain so i think there was like a forest and a plains and i don't know lakes and stuff uh, rocks that you couldn't pass through so the obstacles in the game were actually terrains. They weren't, there were no walls along edges of the tiles, like in my game. But yeah, that, that game looks pretty interesting. Similar mechanics, so you have like weapons with attack damage and, and range. So very similar stuff. But it was themed similarly to other Battle Royale games with guns and uh, things like that. It also had the shrinking map mechanic, where I think there were bombs that would come in and 
um, eliminate tiles off the board, which is a pretty cool idea. I, know, I never even thought about doing that. Uh, I haven't played a lot of Battle Royale games, so I kind of forgot about the, the shrinking map and the circle that comes in and, you know, forces you into the center. I kind of incentivize people to go to the center because that's where you have the bigger rewards. I, I'll think about adding uh, the shrinking map idea for my game, uh, but for the moment I'm not focusing on it. Okay, so that's last one standing. So, let me see, what do I want to talk about first? Oh yeah, so last week I talked quite a bit about having hexagon spaces, uh, a board made out of hexagon spaces and maybe tiles with seven hexagons. Uh, I think I'm going to ditch that idea for now. I like the idea of it, like, mathematically and in sense of it, in sense of, like, the board game side of it. Um, I like that sort of structure for the board, like, in a mathematical sense, having six directions to go in and stuff. But every time I've tried to make a board for this game that's, like, hexagon-based, it really just didn't feel like a labyrinth. Like, when you imagine a labyrinth or a maze, you, you think about long walls and corridors and dead ends and stuff. Whereas, if you make a honeycomb structure board, there are no long walls. Like, every if you, if you make a long wall, it's a zigzag along the, the edges of the hexagon. So, yeah, all of these boards that I come up with just really don't look like mazes. And they don't feel like mazes. So... For now, just on that idea alone, I'm going to ditch the hexagon idea. Um, so for now, I'm sticking with square maps with square spaces on them and uh, four players max. I might try and work out a way to make it eight players and maybe have two people starting in each corner instead of only one, but that they can't um, access each other very easily because of walls. Although we'll get into that as well because um, you'll see soon that there are quite easy ways to get get past the wall obstacles yeah actually maybe that won't work at all okay uh let me see oh yeah uh about the rotating tiles and and shifting wall idea i still really love that theme and i really want that to work in the game but i think i want to i think it's more important for my game to be balanced and fair than it is for it to uh, have a shifting wall mechanic just because it's nice thematically. So I, I really don't want to have to spend weeks or months trying to come up with a really good way to randomize the board when I can just make maybe a board or th three boards or something. Like I can always include more than one board in the box, which are balanced. And I can just make it so that the gameplay is what makes each game feel different rather than a different map. Another way to do it is that you have a board which has a maze on it, but there might be some like three by three square sections of the map uh, like scattered around it somehow, which you place a tile on top of. And so you can have some randomized areas, but the main structure of the map is the same. So I might look into doing that at some stage, but for now I'm just sticking to the same map each time and focusing on the gameplay rather than the board for now. Okay, so one idea that I had, which I have designed a board with now, is to have a shop in the middle. So how this will work is you will have to have some sort of currency to spend in the shop, so I'm just thinking gold. 
and my idea is that when you open chests I think I want to keep the idea that you have to choose you don't just draw a card you, you have to choose from three and there can be gold in the chest so maybe you'll really want an item but if it doesn't suit your gameplay maybe you can choose some gold instead so there could be some cards like small bags of gold medium sized bags of gold and large bags of gold and the large bags of gold can just be rarer so you can like choose that card and then play it and it's just a one-time use so after you play it you discard it but when you play it you get some gold which can just be little tokens that you that you get and then i want to have shops in the middle of the board and i've designed a board i'll put it up now on the youtube video if you're watching this on youtube so the shops can just be a space one space that you can walk on in the middle of the board maybe there's only one shop and one space and everyone kind of fights to get to that space or it can be several shops so the board i designed has four shops and there can be four different selections of items in the shop so it could be like you know four that kind of line up with one lines up with each edge of the board so there can be like a north one an east one a south one and a west one and along that edge of the board you could put maybe four or six items and that's what's available in that shop so if you want one of those items then you need to make your way over to that shop maybe it's not the one that's closest to you and i think that will introduce a lot of strategy and and thinking about other people's strategies and placement and where they are and where they want to get to so if you see that there is an item which boosts your speed and you know that somebody might really want to get that um i mean i, I mean that's useful for everyone but there might be an item that somebody really wants to get even if you don't want to get it you might want to try and intercept them because you know they're going for it i'm really excited to try that out um, i haven't tried out any of these things that i'm going to talk about in today's episode we didn't do any playtesting on the weekend i basically spent the whole weekend brainstorming and coming up with new ideas for the game and i'm going to work really hard this week in the evenings to try and actually make all of these ideas into uh, printable cards and things so that hopefully next weekend uh we can test it but okay i'll get back i'll start talking about the combat now because the combat is the thing that has changed the most this week so if you haven't listened to last week's episode don't bother it's really long and rambly and i talked a lot about things which i've now changed so you can i, I really hope that you can just like listen to any episode of my podcast and you'll understand the game in its entirely entirety where it's at now but i don't want to like talk about everything about the game each time i don't know i'll try and work out a healthy balance okay so last week the game was basically there were six item slots and you got items from chests and you could put them on like one of the six slots so there was like a weapon slot and five armor slots and when you attack somebody you you dealt damage and you roll the die to see where on their body you hit them and then you hoped to hit them where they didn't have any armor or where they had like a an item that was really good so you could destroy it and if you hit their armor then they took less damage that's basically the concept that i was going with before which worked pretty well but i i wasn't happy with it and so through the week we've been brainstorming and coming up with good I new ideas and basically reconstructed the entire combat system and i really want to thank tom uh my sister's husband he came up with a really good suggestion which just kick-started this whole idea he he wanted to have more interaction with the combat instead of just like attacking someone and then they cop it he wanted to have more of like back and forth and he also suggested to have uh, some sort of energy or stamina or like some resource like that 
which you had to kind of balance and, and spend by uh, spend in in combat and maybe movement or something like that. So as soon as he said like energy or stamina, I immediately thought about mana because mana is a very popular resource like energy, uh, basically magical energy um, in medieval type games. And so I've used it in Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm, and I know it's in Magic the Gathering as well. So people coming to my game will hopefully have a good concept of mana already, and will know what it means, and you know, it's going to be a familiar concept to most people. So I also thought of Heroes of the Storm, uh, which is a MOBA made by Blizzard, similar to League of Legends. Uh, I've played a hell of a lot of Heroes of the Storm. And basically in that game, you play as a hero, and they have different abilities, and they have mana, which is like magical energy, and you kind of have to use abilities at the right time and not waste your mana, because each ability uses mana, and if you run out of mana, then you can't use any more abilities, and people can kill you quite easily, and you can't be so impactful. Uh, I want a very similar concept in my game, and so, like, the day... I can't remember which day it was, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. The day that Tom suggested that to me, I was just like at work and I just wanted to get home and, and write and just <laughs> brainstorm stuff immediately. And I was thinking in my head and brainstorming and yeah, it was it was actually a really fun day at work because I wasn't focusing at all on my job. I was just brainstorming. Okay, so the new concept for the game is to have a class system where you play as a certain class and each class will feel extremely different and they will have different abilities. Each class will, yeah, will have like different abilities, possibly different starting health amounts. Um, not sure, I'll have to, like, through the week we've been brainstorming different classes and what they could possibly do in the game, different abilities they can have. Um, I've kind of just chucked rough figures of numbers at the abilities and, and values and stuff, but all of those numbers will change, I'm sure, um, as I test and balance this game. So, I think in this podcast I will talk more broadly about concepts and feel and how, like, what I want each class to be like, and barely mention the actual numbers of of the abilities and, and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're thinking to maybe have different health amounts. So, like, a big tanky character can have a larger starting health than than a, a character which deals more damage. But it, you know, it, it might be that everyone starts with the same health amount and you have other ways to, to feel tanky or to feel like you, yeah, feel more fragile. Yeah, so the, the focus of the combat now will be more on abilities and balancing mana and it, I think it will be much more strategic and much, and feel much less random. Uh, and people can like have their favorite class that they like, like want to master and if they play the game and they try out a class then and they see somebody else using a class that they like the look of they can try that so i really like last week i talked about having starting weapons um having like a melee starting weapon a range starting weapon and a magic starting weapon uh this solves the same problem it's like um having a different kind of out outlook on the game from the get-go having a different starting strategy okay i think I'm, I'll, I'll start talking about the classes now so we've brainstormed six classes. Probably I will start with testing maybe two to four and, and really nailing them. And then any other classes, we can kind of balance them around the already established balanced two to four. And most of my testing will be with Tanya. So probably we'll choose two that we really want to 
uh, focus on and then kind of balance everything around that. But I'll just quickly introduce the six classes that, uh, that we've come up with. So I tried to think about the most common classes, like most iconic classes from kind of card games and MOBAs and uh, MMORPG games. So the ones that I came up with that I felt best suited my game are Warrior, Rogue, Mage, Warlock, Hunter, and Marksman. And actually I realize now five of the six uh, classes in Hearthstone, that's pretty funny, uh, which is a card game that I've played a hell of a lot of. Okay, so uh, I wanted to have two kind of, like, according to my previous attack styles, I wanted to have two melee, two ranged, and two magic. Uh, so the two melee classes are obviously Warrior and Rogue. Warrior being a much tankier class where you you take less damage, you have ways to reduce incoming damage, and kind of focus on crowd control. So interrupting what other people want to do like slowing people down or stunning them or disabling their effects and stuff i was actually quite hesitant to add this in because i fucking despise warriors in hearthstone and i didn't really like playing them in in heroes of the storm either it kind of like for me the idea of like warrior and control type classes is kind of like anti-fun um they kind of like just stop other people from doing what they want to do so i want to try and make warriors in my game still have that same warrior tanky like aggressive big brutish feel without interrupting what other people want to do so much like one of my the reason i hate it so much in hearthstone is because the whole class is just like focused around controlling the board killing off your enemy's minions gaining armor and just like not dying Instead of killing your opponent, you're just not dying, and the games often go for a really long time, and it can just feel completely useless to try and defeat a warrior, because you can just feel like there's nothing they, you, you can do. Like, they, sometimes it feels like control warriors don't have their own game plan, they're just stopping your game plan, which to me is not very fun. It's not fun to play, and it's not fun to play against. But that being said, if I'm going to have a game, a medieval game with classes, I have to have a warrior, I have to have a, a tanky. Uh, class. Alright, the next one is Rogue. Uh, so the idea of a Rogue is that they're stealthy, they are um, sneaking around, they're difficult to hit, they kind of dash in, do some like combo of abilities, they use daggers, they like backstab people, or um, sometimes they like steal things from people, they're kind of like a bandit or, or something. So they like kind of dive in, do a heap of damage and get out. That's kind of the idea of a Rogue, in my head anyway. While I'm designing these classes, I have characters in mind. So a warrior, I just have Garrosh in mind, both in Hearthstone and in Heroes of the Storm. For rogues, I'm thinking Valera, um, <laughs> also in Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm, and like Zeratul in Heroes of the Storm. So those are the, the first two, uh, the melee classes. Now we'll talk about the mage, ma uh, sorry, the magic classes. So the first one is just a mage. It's just a typical like high damage from like a medium distance uh, class. So thinking like Li Ming or Jaina or um, Kilfazad from Heroes of the Storm and obviously the mage class in Hearthstone as well. And then the Warlock is the other magic class and for the Warlock I want to focus on kind of like magic abilities but instead of it doing a hell of a lot of damage, oh and also the, the mage, I want to have some sort of freezing effect because I just love that feel of like Jaina being an ice mage that you can freeze people in place. Um, but for the Warlock, I want it to be 
uh, I want you to have like basically no mobility so no like teleports or dashes or anything like that and no crowd control uh, but just like medium level tankiness uh, pretty high damage and also healing I want to have like the warlock feel like a like they can drain health from people from a distance like the one time I played WoW I played for a month and I played as a warlock goblin I think or something uh, it was definitely a warlock but just the feeling of like draining health from people and like Gul'dan in Heroes of the Storm and also kind of Gul'dan in Hearthstone but he doesn't really drain health in Hearthstone um, but yeah using the drain health ability in Heroes of the Storm that's the feel that I want to go for in in my game kind of having medium range and draining the life of people and also trading life for mana um, I really want that that feel as well for for the warlock okay now I guess I'll briefly introduce the hunter and the marksman uh, the hunter I want to have it's actually probably the most different class so maybe I'll talk about the marksman first so the hunter and the marksman are like long-range uh, characters the marksman I want to have quite low health and quite fast uh, like the they're all gonna have a passive ability and the marksman's passive ability is just that it uh, it moves one extra space each turn. Oh, I haven't told you this yet either. So how it's going to work now is you roll one die. We, we haven't tested this yet. All of this could still change. But what I want to test first is you roll one die for movement and you move, you're able to move that many spaces. And you also roll one die for mana generation. So each turn, you'll, uh, you'll start the game with zero mana and full health. And each turn you'll gain mana based on a die roll so on average you'll gain three and a half mana each turn so that gives you a kind of idea of what the mana costs will be um, it's not going to be like in the hundreds it's going to be like 10 maximum oh my god okay I'm rambling again I should have written some more notes about this so each of the class will have a basic attack amount and a range so instead of having weapons there's going to be no more weapons or shields anymore the classes will just have an attack damage and a range so the melee classes will just have a range of one all the time and they can never get more than that they can never like equip a bow or something warrior will have yeah like kind of low-ish maybe medium level attack damage and one range the rogue will have higher attack damage and one range but maybe lower health than the than the warrior will have uh, the mage will have low health high damage and medium range the warlock will have medium everything so medium damage medium range and medium health um, this is just like my starting figures which I which I can change uh, as I go the hunter sorry the marksman will have I think long range and maybe medium damage I was kind of thinking to have high damage but like long range and high damage just seems too strong so maybe medium damage with long range but low health and then the hunter will have long range as well and maybe medium health and low damage so yeah maybe like on average they will have medium 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 but if they have something higher then something has to be lower uh, for each class okay so the marksman yeah i want to be really mobile and and fast so its passive ability is plus one speed so it, when it, when you roll the die to move you just add one to it that's just the passive ability for the marksman uh, the hunter's passive ability uh, you have two characters actually so it's the hunter and then I'm thinking to have either like a, a wolf or a dog like a tracking dog or something that you move as well uh, initially I'm going to have it so that when you roll the die you share the movement between yourself and the dog 
Uh, I'm not sure how well that will go if people will just want to move the wolf or just want to move the the, the hunter themselves. Or maybe I'll have to have a die roll for each of them. I'm not sure how, how it will work. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the idea, idea of like having a hunter and a dog. I'll just say wolf for, for now, but it, you know, I'll come up with some good idea. Okay, a hunter and a wolf and they can like really use positioning and strategy to hunt people down and like the wolf can go one way and the hunter goes another way and they can corner people. So that's the passive ability of the hunter and, and the idea of the hunter. The wolf, by the way, is a melee unit. So it will have one range uh, and so yeah, low range, maybe high damage and medium health. I'm not sure, but the hunter will be long range, the hunter himself. Um, so that's kind of the passive ability of the hunter. It doesn't really need any more passive ability. Uh, I'll go back up the list now. So the warlock, the passive ability is, oh yeah, that you can trade. I, I haven't worked out the numbers yet, but I'm thinking maybe you can trade two life for two mana each turn. So you get more mana uh, than most people, uh, but you have to trade your life for it if you want to. You don't have to use that ability every turn, but it's available to use every turn. Okay, the mage's passive ability is to just have more mana. So each turn they add one mana to their mana roll, similar to the marksman adding one to the uh, to their movement roll. Uh, the rogue it has like an evasive base, uh, passive ability where whenever you attack the rogue with a, with a basic attack, so like your, your character's just normal attack based on their attack damage and their range, the, the rogue has a 33% chance to dodge the attack. Uh, so you just roll a die, and maybe if you roll a five or a six, then you dodge the attack. So they're kind of evasive. And, and the warrior's passive ability is when they attack somebody, then they are slowed for the next turn. So maybe like when they roll to move on the next turn, they reduce the, roll, the, the movement by maybe one or two. So the, it's like a type of crowd control, so the warrior can either hit people and run away, and then it's harder for people to catch up to them, or control them so like, if the warrior is chasing people and they manage to hit them, then it's harder for the, for the other person to escape. So I've given each class three abilities. Um, I might as well go into all of them. I don't want the episodes to be too long, but uh, I want to give you all of the stuff that we've brainstormed over the past week. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, then all of this stuff will be available on the screen. But if you're watching this, uh, sorry, if you're just listening to this as the podcast, like I, I want you to know everything that we've come up with. Okay, I'll just quickly run through um, all of the abilities that we've brainstormed for the classes. Uh, I've told you all the passive abilities, so I might as well give you all the regular abilities as well. So the idea is all of these abilities come off cooldown at the start of your turn. They will all cost mana, so if you don't have enough mana, you can't cast the ability. But the start, like, I'm thinking to have maybe a little token or something that you place on the ability if you use it, and then at the start of your turn, you remove all of the tokens so that you know all the abilities have come off cooldown and they're ready to be used again uh, at the start of your turn. So, uh, let's start with the warrior. Okay, so the first ability is armor up, and it just says, reduce the damage of an incoming basic attack by 50%. Okay, so uh, some of these ability will be offensive abilities and some of these will be defensive abilities, which is a, an idea I really like. And this plays into what Tom wanted, which was some sort of way to interact with people during combat. Um, like somebody attacking you, you can actually 
uh, interact even if it's not on your turn. So the warrior's first ability is uh, armor up. So if somebody attacks you, let's say they attack you for six damage, you can choose to spend the mana if you have it and reduce the, uh, the damage of the incoming attack by 50%. So obviously if it's an even number, it's easy to work out. If it's six, it just gets reduced to three and the, the warrior pays that amount. Um, if they're getting attacked for two damage, they probably won't want to waste the mana and they'll just take the two damage instead of reducing it down to one. Um, I'll have to work out which way to round it if it's an odd number. So they, if they get attacked for five damage, for example, um, I'll have to work out if it rounds up or down, but that's just something I'll have to work out. Uh, the next one is Bash. So Bash is an ability that deals some small amount of damage and it also reduces the damage of the player's abilities that you bash by 50% on their next turn. So this one is like a proactive damage reduction. Yeah, you, you bash somebody and then their abilities that do damage. So there's kind of two different types of damage now. There's like uh, attack damage or physical damage, not sure what I want to name it. And then there's ability damage. So yeah, with bash, you deal some amount of damage to somebody and then they deal less damage with their abilities next time. Uh, quite a simple one. And then the, the third one for the warrior is fury or rage or something like that. So it's basically a way for the warrior to be able to deal more damage. So it's basically you just use this ability, you spend the mana, and then for the rest of your turn, uh, you deal double the amount of damage that you would normally deal. So that's with your basic attack and with bash. If there's some other way to gain abilities later, then it, or like items that deal damage or something, then this fury ability will in increase that damage as well. I also need to work out the maths of multiplying and adding damage. So if you multiply it first and then add boosts, it's going to be less damage. So for example, if you use fury, so you're multiplying your damage by two, do you multiply the base damage by two? And then if you have like some item equipped which boosts your damage by one do you add the one at the end or do you add one first and then multiply uh, i'll need to work that out but basically fury multiplies the damage by two i might as well go into this now so i don't just want these abilities to be your only ways to spend mana i also want to be able to upgrade all of your abilities so i really like this mechanic in a game called scythe where you can spend some resources uh, not doing anything but upgrading your ways to spend other resources. So yeah, I won't go into it in Scythe, but basically in my game, I want to have a way to spend mana upgrading your ways to spend mana. So uh, initially, I'm going to test it so that you can spend 10 mana to upgrade any of your abilities and it just like boosts what it already does. So uh, yeah, all, all of the upgrades that I'm going to talk about just think that they're going to cost 10 mana. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how much any of these abilities cost. It's kind of pointless to bring it up because uh, we haven't tested anything and they could just be completely way off. I'm just going to come up with random numbers for the mana costs of these abilities and we'll have to test them and balance them. Uh, but yeah, the, initially I'm going to test it so that the mana cost to upgrade these abilities is just 10 and maybe they will cost different amounts to upgrade. I don't know, but Okay, I'll go through the upgrades for the warrior and then I'll talk about the next class. So the, the passive abilities can be upgraded as well. So for the warrior, 
uh, initially uh, when you attack somebody you reduce the, their movement on their next turn by one maybe you give them a token with like a minus one symbol or something um, on it and like a little foot so that they remember on their next turn okay I have to take one off their movement and then if you want to upgrade the passive ability of the warrior then when you attack them you reduce their movement by two so you might give them two negative one tokens so for armor up uh, you remember it reduces the uh, damage of an incoming basic attack by 50% if you upgrade that ability it reduces it by 100% uh, for bash initially it might do two damage uh, but if you upgrade it it will deal more so maybe four damage or three damage has to be balanced but if you upgrade bash, bash it deals more damage and also uh, if you bash somebody they can't do any damage with their abilities next turn so it reduces the their ability damage by a hundred percent on their next turn and then for fury uh, instead of dealing two times the amount of damage that you'd normally deal if you upgrade fury you do three times the damage okay that's the warrior class done uh, my least favorite class uh, basically just reducing de incoming damage and yeah it's the only class that I'm comfortable giving it like a, a double the damage or triple the damage or something um, because it's going to be the class that deals the least amount of damage so I want to give it some ability which can boost the damage you can do and kind of become like a berserker type character okay so the next class is rogue their passive ability if you remember was that you dodge basic attacks 33% of the time so when you roll a die you just have to roll a five or higher in order to dodge a basic attack when you get attacked so if you upgrade the evasive basic basic ability I want to name all the basic abilities but I haven't yet uh, but it'll be called evasive or something like that if you upgrade it then you have a 66% chance to uh, to dodge basic attacks maybe that'll be too strong I'm not sure maybe it has to be upgraded to 50% but yeah if it's 50% then you just have to roll a 4 or higher if it's going to be 66% then you have to roll a 3 or higher to dodge a basic attack okay their, their first like usable ability that costs mana is dash and it just says move two spaces in a line can be activated uh, when attacked so this is like another one of those abilities which is reactive instead of yeah offensive it's, it's a defensive ability so my idea for this is the, the rogue gets attacked and it kind of dashes in a line to either dodge the attack or you can use it to just move more on your own turn but remember the cooldown for these abilities so if you use an ability on your turn it's it's on cooldown until the start of your next turn so some of these abilities where you have movement um, if you want to use it on your turn to, to either chase somebody down or gain access to a chest that you otherwise wouldn't have access to you can't use it until the start of your next turn so if somebody attacks you you can't use these like dash abilities to evade an attack but that's like another use for it so I, I'll have to test all of these maybe it's not going to work as well in my uh, as it works in my head but my idea for this ability is let's say somebody like shoots an arrow at you uh, you can dash to avoid being hit and I'm not sure how useful that's going to be actually now now that I think about it because of the rogues basic like passive ability uh, dodging basic attacks anyway so maybe I, I should put this into a different class but for now it's in the rogue and basically you you dash two spaces in a line can't go through walls so it has to be like in a line in, um, so in a straight line two spaces away from where you are 
this is to like dodge a basic attack or, or gain some uh, extra movement on your own turn. If you upgrade this, then you increase the distance to four spaces instead of two. Maybe it needs to be three, I don't know, it have to, has to be balanced. Another ability for the rogue is pickpocket. So this says steal three coins from another player within range. Uh, maybe I should add some sort of damage to this as well to give the rogue more ability to do damage. So maybe like, like you mug somebody instead of just pickpocketing them. But uh, I like the idea of stealing coins from other players as, as kind of the rogue's class identity. I, I thought about making it that you steal a card from somebody's hand, but I think that'll be too tilting. Uh, I think stealing coins works better and it isn't as tilting for other players. But yeah, I, I like this idea. Uh, not sure how much money it should be. It entirely depends on how much money. Uh, yeah, initially it's going to be three coins, but maybe that's not enough. Maybe it's too much. I have no idea. And, and maybe I should add some damage to that as well. Uh, but if you upgrade it, you'll just steal more coins. If the player has it, of course. If they don't have it, then you just steal whatever they have. It's not like they're going to owe you money. So yeah, you can increase it to five coins from three or something like that and probably increase the damage as well. Or maybe the upgrade can be that you deal damage as well as pickpocketing them. Not sure, but there'll be some some sort of gold stealing mechanic uh, for the rogue. Okay, the last ability for the rogue is backstab. Backstab is a super iconic ability for rogues. Um, it's a card in Hearthstone. It's a, a thing in, I think Valera has it in Heroes of the Storm as well. And I'm sure it's an ability um, in WoW. So I, I've tried to think about how I could add a backstab to my game. I don't really want people to have to keep track of which direction their character is facing. I, I'm pretty sure in WoW, like, if you deal damage as a rogue, it does actually matter which direction you're facing, and you need to sneak up on people and attack them, like, literally attack their backs. <laughs> uh, I, I could be wrong about that, but um, I think that's how it works in WoW. But anyway, I don't want people to have to track which direction they're facing so that the rogue has to attack people from behind. An alternative way that I came up with with Adam uh, was that the rogue kind of wants to strike first. So what backstab does is it does a small amount of damage, maybe two or three damage, probably two damage, and you double the amount of damage that you do if you weren't damaged by that player on the previous turn. So the rogue has to kind of be stealthy and try not to take damage from people because if they don't take damage then they're able to deal more damage uh, when they attack. So it's going to be really bad for a rogue. I want a rogue to like sneak around, dive in, attack and then get out and not, not get damaged. If a rogue is standing there like trading blows with somebody I, I want them to lose. <laughs> so I want the rogue to have to get in, attack and get out. So that's why this ability is going to deal a small amount of damage if you were damaged uh, by that player on, on their previous turn, but it, more damage, like double the damage if you want. And then when you upgrade, let's say backstab does two damage normally, maybe it does three if you upgrade it, so then double that to six if, uh, yeah, if, it's, if it's upgraded and you weren't damaged by that player last turn. Okay, that's a, the idea for Rogue. Maybe this will be changed. It's not my favorite class that I've designed. Maybe the pickpocket idea is gonna to be too tilting. I want the game to be fun for everybody. I don't wanna have a class that just ruins the fun. So we'll see how fun it is to steal money from other players. I'm also not sure exactly how influential money will be. 
especially in the initial playtesting. Like maybe you'll get enough items from your chests and you won't need to go to the shop that often. But we'll see. We'll, we'll have to see in the playtest, hopefully this weekend. Okay, the next class is Mage. Uh, if you remember their basic ability is they get plus one mana each turn on their roll. And when if you upgrade it, you just get plus two mana each turn. Very simple. That's going to be quite expensive though to like spend 10 mana to get an extra mana each turn. So you would have to play for at least 10 more turns just to start benefiting from that. So that's why I'm thinking maybe not all of these upgrades will cost the same amount. So maybe that one will only cost like four or something. I don't know, we'll have to see in the playtest uh, which abilities people are choosing, which abilities are working, stuff like that. So the first ability for Mage is Blink. Blink is very iconic for me. I'm thinking Li Ming in Heroes of the Storm, teleporting a really short distance to evade uh, some attack or to move faster with uh, blink in my game it's just move one space uh, like a teleport of one space very short teleport short distance but you can teleport through walls with this ability and i love that i, I love that feel that the mage kind of just <laughs> kind of ignores walls not really because the when they're walking when they're moving they have to move space on spaces without walls between them but you can use some mana, obviously it has to be balanced, so I have no idea how much mana, mana it should cost. Um, but you can teleport a very short distance and go through a wall. And if you upgrade it, you can blink two spaces instead of one. I think that's going to be a pretty expensive upgrade though, uh, because teleporting two spaces enables you to go through two walls, which is going to be pretty broken, I think. Maybe with that upgrade you can teleport two spaces, but then you can't go through two walls, you can only go through one. I don't know, we'll have to, we'll have to test it. Uh, but that's the mage's first ability, Blink. The second ability for the mage is Fireball. Uh, I don't know if I can keep this name, I might have to change it, but it's just super iconic, like the, the mage card in Hearthstone is Fireball. <laughs> it's cost four mana, deal six damage, that is it. Just a big fucking ball of fire, high damage spell, uh, pretty like medium, uh, mana cost. Jaina in Heroes of the Storm doesn't have Fireball because she's all focused on ice spells, uh, but I want my mage class in my game to just have one big fucking Fireball uh, spell. So yeah, that's it. It's gonna cost four or five mana and deal six damage. <laughs> if you upgrade it, it's just gonna deal more damage, maybe nine or ten damage. I don't know if I'll change the name. Maybe it's gonna change to uh, Pyroblast. Probably not, I don't really want to like get into any trouble with like copyright stuff. Probably I'll change the name of, of these abilities, but it's just going to be a bigger ball of fire. And the last ability for the mage is uh, Frost Blast or something, let me check. Ice Blast. So Ice Blast is going to be less damage than Fireball, but probably costs more, because when you use Ice Blast on an opponent, on an enemy, um, you have a 33% chance to freeze them. So you just roll the die. If you roll a five or a six, then you freeze them, which means they can't roll next turn. So you give them like a little icicle token or something, or you, or you put it on their player sheet, and then they can't move next turn. So I'm thinking like uh, Cone of Cold in Heroes of the Storm. I think there's an upgrade to Cone of Cold where if you use it on a chilled target, then they, you freeze them for a short time. Um, that's what I'm thinking for this, for this ability. Uh, and if you upgrade, what was it called, Ice Blast? Yeah, then you just have a higher chance to freeze them and you deal a bit more damage. So maybe a 66% or a 50% chance to freeze them instead of 33%. Um, I realize now that I haven't talked about the range of these abilities. All abilities for classes, the range is based on your class's range. 
So your basic attack damage is just an attack that you can do every turn, and it costs you no mana, and it has a certain range dictated by your class's range. All abilities have to obey this range if they're target targeting enemies. So Fireball, Ice Blast, uh, Bash, Backstab, all abilities that target enemies have the same range as your basic attack. It's just your class's range. So uh, melee classes, the warrior and the rogue, have a range of one. Uh, the magic classes, uh, mage and warlock, have a range of two. And the hunter and the marksman have a range of four. Maybe that has to be reduced to three. I don't know how strong it's going to be. Uh, but I want them to have longer range than the other two classes. Uh, yeah, than the other classes. Uh, but the dog, the, the abilities for the, the, the wolf, uh, have a range of one because the wolf has a range of one. So the wolf and the hunter himself have different ranges. Uh, let's move on to the warlock. So the warlock's uh, passive ability was sacrifice two health to gain two mana. This can be upgraded in two different ways. It can be upgraded so that you just sacrifice two health and gain four mana. Or it can be that you don't need to sacrifice two health and you just gain two mana each turn. But that would make it identical to the mage's upgraded passive ability which I don't want. I want each class to feel different. So I think I will make it that you have, still have to sacrifice two health, but you gain four mana instead of two. Or maybe three mana, I don't know. But you get more mana uh, than before you upgraded. Okay, the first ability for the Warlock is Drain Health. It's like the iconic, it's, it's, Drain Health is the reason I wanted a Warlock class in this game. So what Drain Health does is it deals some damage and it heals the Warlock for 50% of the damage dealt. So it's basically like a Warlock, a Gul'dan casting Drain Health in Heroes of the Storm. It's got two range because the Warlock has two range and let's say you deal four damage with the spell then you heal yourself for two damage. So I want Warlock to be this kind of trading, using health as a resource, so trading health for mana and then using your spells to gain health back. At the moment the only things that you can attack in the game are enemy players. If I add monsters to the game, for example, um, that drop better items, then you'll be able to cast these abilities on those monsters as well, and all the effects will apply. So maybe the Warlock will cast Drain Health on, on monsters to regain health. That might be a bit shitty <laughs> to play against. If you can like damage a Warlock and then they just retreat and go and heal up off some minions or, or whatever I add, goblins or whatever. Uh, might be a bit annoying to play against, so it kind of disincentivizes me to add other other uh, things to attack, like NPCs. But anyway, that's that's the Warlock's first ability, Drain Health, and when it's upgraded, it will either deal more damage and you still heal for 50%, or uh, you'll heal for 100% of the damage dealt, uh, but it'll, it'll have some way to upgrade. So the next ability is called Mana Blast, and I really like this one. Basically, you spend X mana, and you can choose how much you want to spend, and you deal X damage. Um, I love the idea of this, choosing how much damage you want to deal. You couldn't do this in, like, Heroes of the Storm, because, you you know, you have to put in a number when you're attacking someone. There's just not enough time to do that. But in a board game, I think it can work really well, and I'm really excited to test it. I think Warlock's my favorite class that I've designed, and I think I'll try it first. So how it will work is... Let's say you want to deal five damage to somebody, you can spend five mana to do that. And it's going to be an inefficient use of your mana 
to deal the damage uh, because let's say if the mage's fireball does six damage it's only going to cost four mana but it adds a lot of flexibility so let's say somebody has only one health left you don't have to spend four mana to kill them you can only spend one mana to kill them uh, which will be really efficient for that and also it it will have i think the highest damage amount in any spell i'm going to put some cap on this so obviously you can't just save up there oh by the way there's going to be some maximum amount of mana that you can store it might be 20 or something like that so uh if there's some class that can generate a lot of mana you can't just save up like a hundred mana or something like that there's going to be some maximum so at some stage you're going to have to start using spells um so that when you get mana you are not like you're actually getting mana when you roll a die if you want to but yeah i'm guessing that the mana cap is going to be like 20. i'm not going to allow the warlock class to just save up 20 mana and then just mana blast somebody for 20 damage that's absolutely ridiculous so there's going to be some cap to the amount of damage that the warlock can do maybe it'll be eight or ten or something like that and then if you upgrade mana blast i think you will deal two times the amount of damage this is just the initial idea you'll deal two times the amount of damage that you spend on the mana but there's still going to be a mana cap maybe the upgraded version will increase the mana cap a little bit but it's not going to be like okay if the mana cap before was eight now when you spend eight mana you do 16 damage i'm going to have it tested and balanced so that um, you'll be able to deal a lot of damage with the spell but it'll be expensive maybe um the upgraded mana blast just increases the uh the cap but you still have to pay the full amount I'm not sure how i can upgrade that but um it, it'll be tested okay the final ability for the warlock is spell shield um, aside from drain health the warlock really had no survivability it's got no mobility it's got no abilities that move it um, and nothing that interrupts what other people want to do so i wanted to give it some sort of damage reduction so it's got spell shield very similar to the uh, warrior's armor up only it works on spells so uh, sorry abilities ability damage so it is a uh, defensive ability and it says uh, take 50% less damage from an incoming ability so exactly the same as the warrior's armor up only works on abilities instead of basic attacks so yeah you just use it if somebody uses an ability on you and you take 50% less damage and if you upgrade it then you take 100% less damage so you can completely negate the effects of an incoming ability I think that'll make the the warlock tanky enough to compete with other people despite having much less uh, mobility and not being able to teleport through walls or anything but we'll see Every, everything will become clear when we start testing all of these okay moving on to the hunter class so the hunter's basic ability uh, if you remember was that you have a wolf and you can move the wolf around as well as um, yourself so there's a couple of ideas that have had to upgrade this ability it could be that initially you have to split your movement between yourself and the wolf and then when you upgrade you roll the die twice once for yourself and then once for the wolf uh, this might be a bit too powerful though because it's going to give you a lot more mobility than everyone else but i really don't know how the dynamics are going to work with the wolf and the hunter how effective they're going to be so this one i'm going to have to kind of work out during testing but another idea i've had to upgrade the the hunter's pa uh, passive ability is 
Um, initially, the wolf can only attack people. It can't uh, open chests and get items, and it also can't buy items from shop from shops. So a very simple upgrade to the hunter would be that the wolf can do those things. The wolf can um, open chests, and then the pl the player just gets the items to their hand, same as they get the items if the hunter the actual hunter character opens a chest and then somehow the fucking wolf can buy items from shops or the wolf will have to carry its own items and if you want to use them it has to bring them back to the hunter I don't know probably the simplest way is just so the the wolf can act as a second character second hunter character uh, but I'll come up with some creative way to upgrade the the hunter's passive ability okay the hunter's first regular ability that costs mana is bear trap oh yeah i don't think i've talked about this yet this is one of the abilities that i'm most excited about uh, i really want to try warlock and hunter because this ability i'm so fucking excited about so the bear trap ability what it does is you pay some mana and you place a bear trap at your feet so underneath uh, on the space that your character is standing on the hunter not the wolf and if an enemy steps on the trap uh, they take some damage and also they cannot move for the rest of the turn so maybe they take five damage or something it's going to be a high amount of damage because it's easily avoided you can go around it and also they can't move so this is like another way that the hunter can kind of control the board and zone people out and trap people so yeah you you place a bear trap maybe the the hunter gets like the hunter will have some bear trap tokens and you've got an initial limit of three bear traps that you can place so you just yeah you can place up to three at a time and then if somebody activates like steps on a bear trap it gets removed from the board and it goes back to you and you can place another one so think junk rat in heroes of the storm if you know that character he's got basically this ability he's got one i think that you can place and then you can upgrade that later and have more so that's what I'm thinking. You can upgrade, if you upgrade this ability, then you can place like up to five bear traps at a time. And maybe upgraded, it can uh, deal more damage. But I think upgrading it to five is enough. Like you're gonna have so much control over the board. Fuck, I'm so excited to try that. It's gonna be so sick. Uh, okay, the next one is Pounce. So this is an ability for the wolf. Um, conceptually, I'm imagining that the wolf hunts people down and it pounces on them and deals damage. How to make this work in the actual board game might prove to be difficult. My initial uh, idea is that the wolf can move two spaces in a straight line, exactly like how the rogue has their dash ability, but you, it can only do it if it enables the wolf to attack another player. So this will be cheaper than the, the rogue's dash ability because this is conditional. Uh, you can't just use it any turn. You can't just pounce on nothing. It has to enable you to attack somebody. And also it can't be used defensively. So if you get attacked, you can't like pounce away like the rogue can dash away. It, it's gonna pro, uh, pose problems because there's gonna be scenarios where people might think they can pounce, but it won't really make sense to pounce. Like for example, okay, how the combat works is a melee character has a range of one. So a wolf has a range of one. So you have to be one space away from somebody um, in order to attack them. So let's say the wolf uses pounce and it moves two spaces. Then it's one space away from another character and so it can attack them, right? But what if that character is, at a, is standing on a space 
which is like at a 90 degree angle to the direction that you pounced in. So let's say there's a character standing like around a corner from where your wolf is. So the wolf could like pounce and move two spaces and then it, in order to attack, the character is like on the right or on the left uh, from the direction that you attacked in. Then it's not really like you're pouncing on somebody. Also like a pounce feels like you are jumping on them so you should be on the same space as them. However, you can't be on the same space in an, as another character in my game. Like, to attack them with melee, you have to be on the space next to them. So again, pounce doesn't really make sense in that aspect. So, uh, some things to iron out there, but that's the idea of the pounce ability. I really like it conceptually. There's a... Um, so the, the this hunter class, I'm thinking about Rexar in Heroes of the Storm. Not Rexar in Hearthstone, which is actually the Hunter class. Uh, Rexar in Heroes of the Storm controls a bear called Misha. And uh, it actually has an ability called Charge or something like that, where Misha like charges in a direction. Uh, it doesn't have to be towards another player. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about it with this. Anyway, I'll, I'll have to playtest that and, and see how it works. And then the upgrade for Pounce is just that you can move more spaces than two, maybe it's three or four. And you can pounce on somebody from, from further range. And then the final ability for the Hunter is Dog Food. This just uh, heals your wolf, that's it. Which is also an ability for Rexar in Heroes of the Storm, if I remember correctly, you can heal Misha. So yeah, it's just gonna heal your wolf for a small amount. I don't want it to be a lot, I don't want the wolf to just be some bull bully like running around killing people that's indestructible um, and then obviously the dog food upgrade will just be healing more okay the final class is marksman so marksman i'm thinking just like an archer uh, i'm kind of thinking like hanzo in overwatch um, that's kind of like the concept that i had in my head uh, when i was thinking about this class and also vala in um, heroes of the soul so like a long-ranged damage high damage dealer but with low health that like you really don't want to be caught and take damage as this class. You want to be like fast, agile, um, not taking damage, just dealing damage to other players from a safe distance. That's the idea for the marksman. So yeah, they've got long range. So because they have long range, I think they should have medium damage and low health. Um, so their passive ability is they move plus one space per turn. Upgrade, obviously you just move two spaces per turn instead of one. Uh, on top of the, your die roll. So the first ability for the marksman is long shot, and that just says um, increase your range by two for this turn. So initially your range is four, or maybe three, I don't know, it has to be balanced. And then you just increase the range for this turn. So if there's like somebody quite far away and you've got like a long line of sight to them, you can pay some mana and uh, do a long shot and, and reach them, hopefully. And then the upgrade will just be like longer shot or something, and it just, allows you to increase your range by more. Maybe instead of increasing it by two, you can increase it by three or four. Uh, next ability is piercing shot. So this one allows you to fire an arrow that pierces walls, uh, chests, people, uh, traps, shops, everything, <laughs> and damages anyone that it passes through. So it's basically an ability, so it's ability damage, not, not physical uh, attack damage or whatever I'm going to call it. It's an ability that, uh, think about Hanzo's, I, I don't know what it's called, maybe Piercing Shot um, in Heroes of the Storm. I don't know what it is in Overwatch, his abilities, but 
basically it's like an, an ability that fires in a line and pierces through everything that it hits. It's got a range of four uh, because that's the, the hunter's range. Um, and it just says fire an arrow that deals four damage to all enemies in a, in a line four spaces long. Ignores walls. I'll come up with some good wording for it, but basically, yeah, it's an ability that fires in a straight line from where you are, some range, I think it's four ranges long, and deals some amount of damage to everyone in that in that line. It's, it's gonna feel really good if you can line up like more than one enemy, because this is a free-for-all game, you know, there's no teams. Uh, it's gonna be pretty unlikely. Like, I haven't added any AoE effects into this game. Like, even the mage classes, there's no AoE effects because this is free-for-all. So, if you can line up more than one person, um, that's gonna feel really awesome to like eliminate two people in one shot or something. Uh, and this, yeah, ignores walls as well. So this is a, a really strong ability and it's going to cost a shitload of mana. And then the upgrade, it's just gonna deal more damage and probably have more range. Um, I, I think the Marksman is gonna be a class which is gonna be pretty hard to balance because everything about the class it just feels powerful. So probably all these numbers will have to be toned down a bit, but yeah, everything will be tested. Okay, I'll just talk about the last ability for the Marksman and then I'll get into the item brainstorm. This is gonna be a really long podcast. <laughs> oh well, more content. Okay, the last ability for the Marksman is Vault. So uh, think about Vala's, uh, I think it's called Vault. Her E ability in Heroes of the Storm. It's kind of a dash, but uh, you kind of jump over stuff instead of like running or like rolling or whatever, you're vaulting over stuff. So this is like the, the Mage's Blink ability, except it's two spaces instead of just one. So you can uh, jump over walls, you can jump over traps, you can jump over people, you can jump over shops. Uh, you move two spaces in a line, has to be in a straight line, and yeah, you can jump over shit. So this uh, kind of gives it that Hanzo feel of like being able to climb walls or whatever. But yeah, it's a vault. So you can basically ignore the hunter's traps and uh, jump over them. But this ability is going to be really strong as well. So it's going to cost a lot of mana as well. So I feel like the, the Marksman is going to have two really expensive high mana cost abilities. Um, I don't know how expensive Longshot's going to be, but I, th I think that's okay, because you can balance all of these abilities. If you give somebody too strong ability, you can always increase the mana cost. That's a very easy way to balance, uh, balance these classes. Okay, that is all of the classes and abilities that we've, that we've brainstormed. Oh yeah, for Vault, <laughs> when you upgrade it, you can just move more. So maybe you move three instead of four, uh, two spaces. Um, I'll quickly go through the uh, items. Actually, maybe I won't. We haven't brainstormed the items that too much, but we are coming up with a completely new item set. So that's why this week I'm gonna have to work really hard to uh, make all the items. Previously, all the items were worn items that you placed on one of the six slots on your body. Uh, one of which was weapon and the other five were different armor slots. Okay, so now the items going to I think some will still have item slots but they're not going to be the same as what they were before so that when you attack somebody you're not going to roll a die to see where you hit them on their body as I've said you, you're just going to deal damage to them or if there's some ability interaction maybe they're defending themselves or dodging the attack or whatever 
so that's how people are going to defend themselves in, in the game now it's, there's going to be no die rolling this is really going to eliminate this the whole randomness thing of like trying to like hoping you hit people on, on the right place on their body and feeling like you got unlucky because yeah you lost because you you kept hitting their armor and they kept hitting you where you didn't have armor I've started brainstorming items and if you're watching this on YouTube then you'll see my current brainstorm for the items but basically I want items to be worn but and, and they're gonna have like a small ongoing effect for the rest of the game there's gonna be no way for your opponents to destroy the items I, I think at the moment there isn't but maybe I'll add it to an, another class or maybe to some other items um, but they're just kind of like small benefits that uh, you get so it might be some boots that make you move faster it might be some gloves that make you hit harder with physical attacks it might be like a wizard's hat that makes your abilities deal more damage I want to add like some necklaces or pendants or amulets that give you effects like when you deal damage you, you heal yourself a little bit or you restore uh, more mana each turn or, or something like that like I want a worn abilities to have small effects like that just playing with the the numbers that are in the game like attack damage uh speed uh mana health generation stuff like that okay and now I, and then i want to add a lot of one-time use items so items in the chests will be uh there'll be some gold like i said before it's just an item that you use it and then you get gold into your hand i think it will have to be that if you choose that card from a chest then you have to use it immediately and get the gold because otherwise like if there's a rogue and they steal gold people can just hold on to the gold item until they want to spend the gold so that the rogue can't pickpocket them um i'll have to work out that sort of uh, interaction but oh yeah with the chest now that i'm changing the items i'm not going to have like tier one tier two and tier three items anymore they're all just going to be items and the more powerful items will appear less commonly so there'll just be more versions of the weaker items so like when you open a chest there's always going to be a chance that you can get a higher a, a more powerful item so opening a chest every time is going to be is going to be exciting so i think there's still going to be like tier one tier two and tier three chests just that uh if you open a tier one chest you draw three items you get to choose to keep one of them if you open a tier two chest you draw three cards from the pile there's just one pile now and you get to choose two of them to keep and you have to discard one and if you draw from the only tier three chest like i'm showing the map now on the youtube video i'm sure there's one tier three chest in the middle kind of like behind all of the shops directly in the center of the map uh, if you open that one then you get to keep all three items that you draw so most of the chests that you open there's still going to be you're going to be making a decision about which item you want and I think it's going to be really nice because you have to choose maybe you get offered some gold maybe it's like a bag of gold a medium-sized bag of gold with like five gold in it or something or maybe you have to choose between that uh, maybe a one-time use item like an item that restores some health or an item that moves you or stuns an opponent or something like that or an item which gives you an ongoing benefit for the rest of the game for example some swift boots that make you move uh, one more space each turn something like that so i think there's still going to be a lot of decision making um and i think it's going to be yeah a lot more strategic and you have to choose whether you're going for a long-term game plan or like an item that you can use now like use once and it's going to do a big impact that might eliminate another player is i think there's going to add a lot of 
long-term strategy to the game. Uh, so it's just some one-time one use items that we've thought of. Food items, so it could be like uh, a chocolate bar that restores a small amount of health, a hamburger that restores a medium amount of health, and a pineapple pizza that restores a large amount of health. Of course it has to be a pineapple pizza. Like, I, I want the items in the game to be kind of comedic. I, like, I'm taking the balancing and the mechanics and everything of the game extremely seriously. I want the game to be very fun, strategic, well-balanced. I want it to be a really good game. But then like the themes and the items and the characters and the ability names and stuff, I, I want to just have so much fun with that. I want to come up with silly items to put in the chests. I want to have silly names, could be memes and references for like the ability names and stuff. I want to add a lot of funny elements to the game as well. And if you want to be part of that, please join the Discord and brainstorm with us and, and come up with funny ideas. So yeah, there can be food. Uh, I was initially reluctant to add items that restore health to the game because I don't want the games to go for a long time, but not having that kind of feels a little strange. Like, uh, it's just such a simple thing to add. Um, like, it adds a decision of like, okay, do I want something which is going to boost my game plan for the rest of the game? Or do I need something right now that's going to heal me because somebody's going to kill me? So yeah, all of these items will be available in both the chests and in the shops, but not the gold. You won't be able to like buy gold in the shops, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think like at the start of the game you'll have to separate the gold from the other items, shuffle all the items together, uh, see what's going to appear in the shops. So maybe there's like four items per shop, and then shuffle all of the gold cards into the rest to make the deck which you draw from when you open chests which might be a bit annoying to have to sift through all the gold cards but I, I'm not sure how else to do it and yeah I haven't tested any of this yet okay some other items uh, a trampoline which you can bounce on and basically it's the vault ability of the of the marksman so the trampoline you can move two spaces and you can bounce over walls so you could save this up if you know there's a path you want to get through which uh, the hunter has placed a trap down. You want to use a trampoline to jump over it. It could be like a smoke screen ability where you can like surround yourself in smoke so that other players cannot target you with uh, basic attacks or abilities until the start of your next turn. So it kind of protects you for one turn. It could be an ability which freezes an, an opponent within range, within your character's range, although that would be stronger for characters with longer range so maybe some of these abilities if they target other players they have to have a range written on them so maybe like a, a bomb or something that you're throwing i'm not sure if any of the abilities should deal damage but I, I'm, I'm willing to try absolutely anything so we're just brainstorming funny ideas uh, tom came up with a really good idea which is a metal detector which is just a one-time use card you play it and then you go get to go through the discard pile so the pile of cards that have been rejected from chests and uh, cards that people have already used. You get to go through the discard pile and choose an item and you get to keep it. So you add it to your hand. So it's an item that you want to save until you see an item that somebody else has used and then you play it and you get to take that. Uh, pretty cool item. So all of these items will cost a certain amount of gold which will have to be balanced as well and the gold uh, will only be relevant if you are buying it from a shop and you actually get to choose the item. If you are getting it from a chest, you don't have to pay any gold, you just choose it. Uh, what other items? 
that we come up with, uh, like an energy drink, which allows you to roll the movement die twice on a turn. So you roll it. If you're not happy with your roll, you can use the energy drink and, and roll again. Uh, Tanya wanted to add a banana to the game. Tanya's my fiance. She wanted to add a banana to the game that you eat and then you drop a banana peel on the floor. And I thought that'd be hilarious if like, if somebody steps on the banana, then they sliding and they can't change direction again that turn so like whatever direction they were going in when they stepped on the banana they have to continue if they want to keep moving they have to continue in that direction until they've run out of movement spaces or until they hit a wall could be funny some of these ideas won't make it but I, I just can't wait to try out some of these ridiculous things but yeah that's pretty much all that we brainstormed we didn't spend too much time on brainstorming items we mostly focused on classes so yeah that's all that we've come up with for the past week this is going to be another long podcast like an hour long as well uh, but that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to put out hour-long podcasts if people want to listen to it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Discord brainstorm, especially those four people I mentioned at the start of the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please join the Discord server. As I said, the link is in the description on the YouTube video and also on the podcast description. Uh, just click the link or copy-paste it into your browser or into Discord and, and join in. That's going to be it. I'm going to work super hard this week on making this game so making all the cards making the class sheets uh so each yeah class will have a sheet with like item slots on it and abilities i think i'll have like padlock tokens to show that your upgraded ability has been locked until you pay however much mana to unlock it and then you like remove the padlock token or maybe move it over to the original version of the ability not sure but um yeah i'm gonna work really hard this week get everything ready to, for playtesting this weekend. As always, if you have ideas for the game, uh, themes, abilities, items, uh, classes, like I'm opening this up now. Now the, the class structure is out there. You guys can come up with your own classes. So a, a class has an attack, basic attack damage, a range, uh, starting health, and you can look at the existing classes to kind of get numbers. A class needs a, a passive ability, so an ongoing, ongoing ability like a small boost that uh, doesn't cost any mana. Three abilities which cost mana. Have a look at the existing mana cost to get a feel for how much things should cost. And the passive abilities and the mana costing abilities, whatever they're going to be called, have to have upgrades. They have to be upgradable. Come up with your own class ideas. I would love to hear them. If they are good, they will be in the game. Also, I'm really happy with this class idea because it's going to be a really easy way for me to add expansions to the game. So if I want to add like a goblins expansion or something i can add like a heap of classes which are kind of goblin based i think cursed asked me last night if there's going to be races in the game i don't think so i think it'll add too much complexity to choose a class and a race i think it's going to be complex enough with just classes but yeah come up with your own class ideas uh give me feedback on the class ideas that i already have i don't think it's very useful feedback to just say this class sounds op or this ability sounds op I realize that some abilities are powerful, like the Vault ability being able to jump over two walls. Obviously that's powerful, but everything will be tested and balanced. Anything that's powerful will just, I will make it cost more mana, and if it's still too powerful, just inherently if the ability is too powerful, I will remove it and replace it with a different ability. Um, mostly what I want feedback on is the feel of the class, class identity, how the abilities feel like obviously just in your head 
if like an ability doesn't suit the class that it's in let me know because i obviously haven't played all games everyone has played a different selection of games and they have a different idea of what a class should feel like so let me know how i did with designing the first six classes for the game i'm not sure how many will be released with the full like finished product of whatever this game will be whatever you buy in the box i think six is a pretty decent number to come with and then uh, you can buy expansions to play with more classes which will have their own tokens like bear traps and stuff like that yeah that's the second podcast finished uh, it was a very long one as well i uh, hope you enjoyed please give me feedback join the discord server leave comments on the youtube video i am absolutely obsessed with this game right now and i'm so excited to be making it talking about it making the podcast and the videos thank you so much for listening hope you guys have a great week and i will see you next monday uh, hopefully with a better microphone and hopefully you can hear everything better all right thanks guys see you next week